Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 135, episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist! Oh, yeah. uh, it's actually episode 5, uh, Jack. A uh, production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, no, it's four. I'm an idiot. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. It's Friday, May 29th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. with these COVID thighs. I'm stuck indoors and I'm eating pies. I've got... COVID thighs I eat the pasta between you and I with these COVID thighs Now that fried chicken is in my sights with these COVID thighs Yeah, you get it. It's from Official (laughs) Dickhead and I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host Mr. Miles Gray Isolators Mount up It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, Miles G is off the streets, trying to consume fat blunts for the eve, just to get in the zone, never go outside, chilling all alone. Just hit the zoom app on my old PC, on a mission trying to find (laughs) Mr. Miles G, got a week full of pods, ain't no need to twitch, all you skirts know what's up with Jacko, bitch. Okay, uh, shout out to That's actually Jerry what my bullies used to call me, Jacko Bitch. <laughs> well, I was trying to, Thank I wasn't sure if that, that was a question. shot at you or just using a little bit of toxic hip-hop masculinity there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yes, that was from Terry Trillium. Also, I realize it. there are so many regulator AKAs that I have not given to, so you best believe I'm going to get to some of these regulator AKAs from, the, from years past. I think a concept album is in order of just nonstop regulator AKAs. Uh, well, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our co-host, Lil Zam herself, Jamie Loftus! Quar gang, meet the Quar gang. We're a modern Stone Age family in the town of L.A. I'm a guest host and my name's Jamie. <laughs> Let's ride. With the quarking in my Zamboni. Oh, other stuff. With a mask and six feet apart, are we? <laughs> when you're with the quarking, have a cheesy egg that one time. Your AKA will rhyme. You'll have a gay all time. Woo! I liked it. She back. That's, that's from Katie. It was uh, Katie's first AKA at the King Katie. Shouts out. Katie, first that AKA. was great. ties in with uh so i after uh you mentioned flintstones i started seeing like these signs around la and it it is like from the stone age to the gemstones uh it's like hbo max and they're bragging that they have the flintstones (laughs) wait are they saying like we have the righteous gemstones and And the flintstones john goodman live action flintstones or the cartoon no, the the uh, live action. They're just basically oh, okay. trying to show off their range. Like, we oh, have everything. Well, well you from... can also say that's quite a range of John Goodman projects alone. Yeah, right, right, right. The Flintstones? Yeah. Where, but all of their marketing is really, like, it's bad and punny like that. Like, there's it's another yeah. one where it's, like, where, it like, it has James Gandolfini, Chandler Bing from Friends, and then the dude with the weird hair from Big Bang Theory, uh, Jim Parsons, is that his name? 
Yeah. From so Bazinga says, to Bada Bing? No, it says where Bada meets Bing meets Bang. Wow. Like, no, that's a pass. That's a pass on that's that. That's a pass for me, dog. That's it. Um, <laughs> you, you can watch uh, all my shitty Zamboni sketches. They put Robot Chicken on, on there, so that's fun. There you go. So there's there someone there. Well, I mean, that library is dense, to say yeah. the least. It's like, when dense. You're there, you're extensive. Like, I watched there- Elmo's Late Night Show. That's all I've watched so far. <laughs> is it good? No. Well, what? Yeah, it's it's good. I didn't I didn't like I didn't love the Jimmy Fallon as the first guest, but it was really bad timing. And right. uh, I think <laughs> right. at the time, maybe Elmo hadn't seen the sketch in question, and yeah. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it was a bad was- day for Jimmy Fallon to be your first guest on a late night show. But right. other than Elmo- that, it was great. Elmo had Casey Musgraves on. You know, I'm going to keep watching. Elmo asked the tough questions too, famously. Yeah. Elmo uh, actually, Elmo I think, is the one who know- he Elmo- broke that story. <laughs> I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched okay. a classic pre-Elmo Sesame Street. And it was way better than the modern Sesame Street. I think Elmo is, uh, he, he's a real head case who really brought the whole team down. Uh, I think he makes he just it all about up, himself. He takes up uh, too much real estate in the episode. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. Well, isn't oh, Elmo man. a child, technically? Like, Elmo's yeah, not Yeah, he's an three adult. and a half. Exactly. Yeah. And kids are so selfish, and, and they, they just make this, it all about themselves. They gave this toddler a late night show? <sighs> Right. I want this. I want. I want these kids learning from adult Muppets. Yeah. Well, thank we you. are thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat by the hilarious, the talented super producer Anna Hosnier. Um, okay, I'm gonna try an AK for the first time. <clears throat> oh wow! Um, Set the table. When my family is missing, the rest don't matter, and that's all I have. But. it's because i've been listening to marin morris's the bones and uh naturally um you guys have spent time in an office setting with me and maybe i don't have the most appropriate behavior at any point but um i do when songs get stuck in my head it i have to change the lyrics and the lyrics always um are your your parent your someone's missing yes. in your family? Yes, you my find lyrics your always find themselves back to a person in my, either my entire family being missing or a person in my family being missing, and me being truly uh, just just. But they've always been missing for like a long time. Yeah, too. that's the problem. Yeah, is I've been missing I for like years, and yeah. it's you guys it's know always very strange. It's always weird when you you start to do, or I know you're about to do that bit, and there's like <laughs> guests or other people who aren't in the fam in the office, and you're like, "But here's the thing, Miles. I don't know if you know this about my family. I go what that they've been missing for 15 years." And you're and you're like yes, and then it's you do your. Got, it's gotten me once or twice. Over the <laughs> and then years. she yeah. does her, and then she'll be like, "Yeah, they've just been missing, and I can't yeah. find them." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, person. We're trying to make some kind yeah. of development deal with podcasts. Like, uh, this is a bit." You'd be like, uh, yeah. "Sorry, there's actually a Dateline episode about it. If you want to get caught up on what happened, <laughs> yeah." So anyway, Blew up our Fallon development deal. We, yeah, we had that guy. he went straight to Elmo. It was bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, my family has been missing for years, and I for don't years. know where they yeah. are. And uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's kind of the—I uh, don't know why—but that's kind of the gist of where my mind always goes. That's, to I pure love that. That's trauma. your brand. 
Yeah. My family's missing. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Uh, Anna, in addition to being a super producer, you're also one of my favorite podcast hosts Yay. in the world. Uh, you host Ethnically Ambiguous, uh, which we've talked about before on this show. You also host a recap show called Deckheads. Yes. Deckheads. It's, it's uh, about the Below Deck TV series, notoriously hated and loved by the fans. They cannot mm-hmm. decide yes. if they like me and Nick Turner's critiques on it, but there's something funny about the reactions we get. Uh, I have of- <laughs> not watched Deckheads, and I still love Below Deck. It's, or, it's, sorry, I have not watched the- Below Deck, okay. but I still love Deckheads. Yeah, I mean, we get uh, a, a lot, lot of, of people who are like, oh my God, thank you for making this show watchable. And then other people being like, I just quit the show, and now I'm just listening to you guys. And then other people being like... I have some bones to pick with your your opinions on these characters, but uh-huh. they're always like uh, it's it's just a fun ride because you don't know what you're gonna get, and people really love these characters, like to a point oh, where you're, you're like, like talk about parasocial relationships, huh? Yeah, I was like, well, you know, that guy's not a great guy, but I guess if you had to see him on a TV show over and over and over again. I, I mean, you'd be slowly worn down. Yeah, like yeah. there's a character that I started out being like. I don't think so. You are not a good person. And now I'm like, leave him alone. (laughs) So uh, I guess I understand what they're coming from. Name names, name names. Captain Lee. I struggled with Captain Lee for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't you see him in that tell-all from the last season, the way he was being real dismissive when uh, the one black crew member was like, I I didn't feel comfortable the way things were being handled like on the ship. That is is every episode. They're like, yeah, uh, do you feel like your st- chief stew handled that sexual harassment situation good? And he's like, honestly, I, I you know, I I think she did. Uh, if it had escalated further, she would have let me know, and I would have turned the boat out. around. Okay. And you're like, look, ah, there you is can tell some... by my body, I used to be a weightlifter in my twenties. There's I'm just a lot of. <laughs> He, there's a lot yeah, of that blind show, though, spots. It's funny because it's like a lot of people know Below Deck, but they don't talk about Below Deck. Like it's something right. you've come across, and maybe people don't. I don't talk about Below Deck, but I've seen damn near every episode. Uh, so <laughs> I think for anybody who's seen the Bravo uh, buffet of trash, you've you've sampled the deck. Got your finger on the yeah. pulse. It's a fun show, though. I li- I really like boats and I really like sailing and all that. And I just love like water sports. So it's fun to just watch people. And, and I feel like I've also really learned a lot about like being like a deckhand. Like I'm always like, ooh, mm. yeah, you're gonna t- you're gonna have to give some slack on that line, or you're gonna hit the dog. <laughs> those- like, uh oh. Uh oh. So anyway. Uh, all right, Anna, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're gonna have uh, the rapper, former guest on this podcast, POS, uh, Minneapolis's very own, on to uh, talk to us about what's going on in his hometown. Uh, We are going to talk about what is going on in Pennsylvania amongst the local politicians there. Uh, We're going to talk about Trump hiding the economic forecasts, the difference between how MSNBC viewers and Fox News viewers are feeling during this crisis, Trump's quarantine merchandising merchandising strategy. We're going to figure out what we're going to rewatch. We're going to talk about Tom Cruise making a movie in space for some reason, uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Anna, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Uh, thank you so much for asking, Jack. You're welcome. Truly uh, a pleasure. 
Yeah. So, you know, as I was watching Below Deck uh, Mediterranean Season 3, and I didn't just casually make, this is just truly what I ended up Googling, uh, and it took me down a long hole. There were two characters on the show, one who grew up in Zimbabwe and one whose family was from Zimbabwe. And so I was like, Zimbabwe? I've never really thought about Zimbabwe much. And so I Googled Zimbabwe and went down like a Wikipedia hole. And after like 15 tabs later, I've discovered primitive technology. I don't, man, what a, YouTube is a <laughs> wild world. I like truly felt like a Criss Croft and I was Wait, like, Wait, oh, how did wow. you get to it? What was yeah, the thing? Say, this is... Zimbabwe to primitive well, technology. See, the thing like, is, it's technically you... those two things aren't connected. There was fifteen right. tabs in between where I was like, just being like, "Oh, that's interesting. What is that? Oh, that's interesting. What is that? Oh, that's interesting. Well, what is that? Oh, that's interesting. Do you remember what is the that? first branch that splintered off after Zimbabwe? Hold Zimbabwe on. led to yeah, what? Yeah, I was like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to trace. The, I'm really the interested red in this. hole you're, you're um, being taken on <laughs> to primitive technology videos. So. I have all these tabs still open, so if you could excuse me for 35 minutes while I go back. <laughs> uh, Primitive Technology is a YouTube channel that is where a guy from North Queensland like looks at technology from like how no. people made so, tools in history, I guess? No, no, no. Basically, okay. what it led to is these men building underground pools out of nature, basically. Strictly using... They, they would carve out underground... like beautiful underground pools using just like primitive technology and like a stick not a stick but it's some sort of like metal it's shovel almost, it's a shovel but it's you know it doesn't look like a shovel it's you know it's before shovels have evolved into what they are today but it's that and then but they build these pools underground by just carving it out of the clay and then they also like use bamboo to like build up a, a lounger if you will, oh, literally, cool. it's like to lounge in your pool area. And then they they cemented in by using like, you know, water and mud and making clay. And, and then they get leaves and, you know, like the trees that let out that like kind of white milky substance. I forget. I don't really. Yeah. Know. So I they like a lot of trees do that. But yeah, so like when use, you break their leaves. Yeah. yeah so you use saying. that and then you mix it with leaves and it creates like a green paint. So then they paint their pools green. Like it's all it's. It's that's dope, and it's it's all sped up, so you're just sitting there. And I watched like 15 videos last night, and oh uh, it is. I will put, I will link some. There are so many of them now. Like it, it's like Mr. Tafu. There's Jungle Survivor. There's uh, Building Survival. There's all these different YouTube channels, and they're fascinating to watch yeah. these underground pools be made, and they're beautiful. And oh, they're, you like, saw that so one where well the dude done. made that's like called like Millionaire Pool yes. done in like like one week, where he had like a yeah. terraced like pit pool. It was, yeah, and he did it with like it's um yeah, it really is remarkable when you see yeah. like I'm like fuck, I can't even do shit with power tools. Yeah, and a part of me was like, damn, like that's it's probably so meditative as well because it, one, it takes you sixty days to do it. And you just right. are doing a repetitive motion of like either digging or like carrying water from like a lake to your pool. And then you just have like a little tiny like uh, jug and that's what you're using to fill up your pool. And then or or this is the wildest <laughs> part. They create a, a, a 
Oh, God. They create, like, piping with bamboo, where they create a piping system that comes from, like, a water source to their pool. So it's like, it could be, like, a mile long. I don't even know how long these things are. Plumbing, baby. Plumbing. Yeah. They create... Jamie sounds uh, skeptical. She thinks you're lying. Jamie, I will send (laughs) you these videos. It's It's such a journey to be taken on. It's so, like... Yeah, I did not go to bed till three in the morning. I was really, like... (laughs) I was in it. (laughs) And I've Um, completely... I'm remodeling the interior of my house. Yeah, so... I'm actually building an underground pool. Uh, What is something you think is underrated? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard me talk about this often, but uh, a good vacuum. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh I I love a good- Primitive technology. Yeah. Yeah. Vacuum cleaners are too expensive, though. I feel like it's one of those markets where they really have like- their foot on your neck because there's only so many people who make good ones. And so I like, I, I have no perspective on how much it costs to make a I, good vacuum, but I'm like, there's no fucking way that it needs to cost that much. I've arrived at a place where I've had to make the investment in a good vacuum because yeah. over the course of my life, I have probably bought with my own money eight vacuum cleaners. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just cause they're, and I always would be like, it would always be like, you know, you're, you're like younger, you're moving into a place like, fuck, we need a vacuum cleaner. You go to Target or whatever and you get the cheapest motherfucking vacuum you can afford. Cut to that thing is just not built to last. And yeah. I have pets and shit. So I just I just cruise Groupon and I wait for the wild Dyson oh, okay. refurbished thing to pop up because, oh my, oh my God, I have this Dyson refurb that I didn't spend a ton of money on. I got it for like half price basically. And the way it just eradicates all this pet hair and shit that I have to clean up and all these other messes. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, I, it's, I can't advocate for a good vacuum enough because yeah. over time you you end up spending more yeah. than what you do oh, like up front by having the good one. Yeah, I just am skeptical yeah. of big vacuum. I feel like yeah. the, I think it's that fair. a shitty vacuum costs like thirty dollars to make, and a good vacuum costs seventy five dollars to make, and they don't got to charge you five hundred dollars for it. Yeah, sure. You know, I, mean, I agree. If but... you just watch one like video about how a Dyson works, I mean, it's oh. fantastic marketing. But you're like, oh yeah, that compared to my like, Dirt Devil that That's... I used to have, like, this right, right. Oh yeah, ass. I grew up with a Dirt Devil. They're just like loud and hot, and the yeah. dirt is still on the floor. That's the problem is when you're living with like, I live with two cats and a dog and my whole, like my, within a week, my floor will be covered in cat litter. It will be covered in cat hair. It will be covered in whatever my dog Ace brings in from outside. Mostly those little weird little sticky things that get stuck all over his fur. Then it'll also be like cat nails that they were using or to like rip up my carpet. So they're like nails are everywhere. And, um, my life is a fucking mess, and it and I I hate I hate walking around being like ah ooh ah oh ooh like it just there's so much stuff everywhere that I have to vacuum at least once a week, and yeah. um, most people vacuum every day honestly, but I I'm lazy, but like once a week I have to do a full full remodel of my floor and just. Honestly, like Miles was saying, I'm spending too much on sh- like va- like I'll spend eighty bucks on a vacuum, and that shit like it'll if you have break. Pets, it's a fucking wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. And now I'm reading fucking the James Dyson is like a pro Brexit fucking. Oh, Jesus. No, well, can't I mean, win anywhere. You can't like uh, you can't dive primitive deep technology. In that. Show me the blueprints. Yeah, I like uh, I like a rider vacuum. You know how people have like rider mowers. I like a rider vacuum. Oh yeah, like the like when you the at the airport and shit. Yeah, at the airport, the grocery store. 
Are, oh, wow. Is Joseph Dirt Devil's politics good? Because <laughs> I'll go back Dirt to Dirt Devil. Yeah. Dirt I'm just, Devil. I'm just glad I go. I went with a refurb through Groupon, so like there's that That's profit's smart. diluted by exponents. I've been trying to get the same damn Groupon refunded for three months now. <laughs> I'm of what? so. I, bu- I bought it on air. I think it was just you, me, uh, you, me, and Lacey Miles a couple months ago. I bought the Britney Spears experience. Oh yeah, the IG thing. Uh, right. Yeah, they won't refund it. Oh right, because it's shit's close. Ridiculous. I'm so uh, mad. We'll get that money back. Don't worry. We'll put some pressure on them. <laughs> put mm. some pressure. What is something on them? you think is overrated, Anna? Uh, the price of a good trash can. What the fuck? How dare you ask me to pay $150 for something I put trash in? We're talking to you, simple <laughs> human. Any of uh, them. They're so the expensive. It's trash. It's literally mm-hmm. trash how much these trash cans cost. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Are you talking about the ones with like moving parts where you like step on yeah. a pedal and it pops up? Yes. Even, yes. If, if you want a lid on your trash can... That's not going to, I spent $40 on a trash can, which already I was like, that's, this is absolutely out of control. I should not be spending $40 on trash, literally. Mm-hmm. And um, the lid, the lid fell off. It just stopped working one day. Every time I would press the little lever, a side of the lid would be like, bop, and pop up. Yeah. And then it was like, hey, what so I got to spring the big bucks for the yes, good, the good that's, Okay. <laughs> A vacuum, I understand. Okay, it's technology. It's it's suction. It's it's cre- it's cleaning your home. Mm-hmm. A trash can is an ob- it's an inanimate object. To just, I mean, I guess a vacuum is also an inanimate. We'll, we'll get into that. But the <laughs> well, trash can just sits there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. True. Uh, a vacuum just not a vacuum. A trash can just sits there. It adds nothing except for a place for you to put the things you don't want to look at anymore, and yeah. that makes me. It just annoys the shit out of me. Like, well, see, just, that's the thing is they're ugh. like, if you want like just the wild husky rubber made one, like the shit we would have in high school, like with the big black bags yeah. you would throw shit into, those are, mm-hmm. you know, relatively cheap because yeah. it's just like lid plus thing. Yeah. But that's Gymnasium. Where they know. It's, I, Gymnasium but I get it. Trash cans. Yeah. It's yeah. a fucking racket though, because you know, the second you put that in a consumer context and people are like, well, now aesthetics matter. It's like, well, oh, well, see, you like this little brushed steel like handle here and the foot pedal or whatever. It's not even That's that. why, uh, you know, just, try and find somebody that works for Simple Human. Uh, shout out to one of my old coworkers. Uh, she was married to someone who worked at Simple Human, and they would get all the re- like the returns they could just come away with, and yeah. she would hook me up with garbage cans. But that's things like mm-hmm. most people don't have like gymnasium level space in their houses. Like yeah, I don't have right. a ton no, of space real. to have a giant like round trash can. Like I actually do need something that can just fit in a corner and not like take up a ton of space. Also, Simple yeah. Human, that's that's a racket because you then have to get Simple Human trash bags. Yes. You can't just go buy trash bags. You have to special order trash bags. <laughs> That's the, wild. Once people stop using printers, they the trash big can trash. industry adopted it. Big trash adopted yeah. that uh, model of getting you with the uh, printer cartridges. Uh, and finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true? You know, to be false. It's not okay. I'm gonna okay. So I, I ever since I started doing keto. Uh, I I had to quit sugar because obviously that's part of keto, but I also am a sugar addict. Like I have a serious problem when it comes to sugar. Like guys, I can't even. No tooth sweeter in this country than yours. (laughs) If you in this hemisphere, let me just tell you the first the first day I started keto, my sugar withdrawal 
I believe I was in the office. I was going through such a withdrawal. I couldn't keep my, I could barely keep my head up. I couldn't talk to people because they would ask me a question. I'd be like, sentence too hard. Like I, I just couldn't do anything. Like that's how much sugar I needed in my body to survive for one day. For one day I didn't eat sugar and I was at a complete loss as a human being. And then, you know, I came around. I, I tried for a whole month to do keto straight and not cheat at any point. I went to a birthday party. I see a cake. I have to leave the room because I can't be. <laughs> I'm not even joking with you. That's how much yeah. I like sugar that I couldn't. I, so me, me and Ify Wadiwe of Nerdificent, he was doing keto at the same time as me. I was literally texting him as if he is my sponsor, like being like to him, if he like, there's a cake in the room, like, I don't feel like I really want some cake. And he's like, don't do it. It's not worth it. You know, that's you, you, you guys just stick to it. It's OK. You can reward yourself after a month, but don't do it. Right. Like, that's how bad I am with sugar that I can't go to a birthday party because mm. I know I will be so tempted. And I know it sounds like I'm being facetious. I'm not. I'm really fucked up over sugar. Like, I, I love truly, I mean, it's sugar. like everyone is like low key addicted to sugar. And I don't know. I've never tried to live without it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'd lose my shit, too. Oh, it's, in, it's so much of our high food. Key even if you're not sugar, even if you're not eating a candy bar, you're like, wait, man, what's in this ketchup? Oh, high <laughs> fructose corn, everything's got fructose. It's everything. You know, there's like there's sweet elements to it. It's yeah, hard to go yeah. fully sugar free. But I mean, I need like I need. So I'm with Anna uh, or at least where Anna was before she made that keto change. I'm I'm addicted, addicted to uh, to sugar. Like I need to mm-hmm. go to the grocery store and get something sugary if I don't have something sugary in the house. Oh wow! Yeah, Jack's got it. Yeah, have it's not good. So what's guys? the myth? What's the myth, good. Anna? That okay. sugar is good. So for you? when you quit, sh- yes, I, the sugar <laughs> sugar is actually really chill, guys. <laughs> no, Big sugar. Just, so brave. A lot of people when they quit sugar, they they move on to you know natural sweeteners, or they they, they do they try things like sugar alcohol. And I just want to say, sugar, what's sugar fu- alcohol, sugar alcohol. It's like um, Mike's hard lemonade. It's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's it's not like actual alcohol. I know it's called sugar alcohol, but it's uh like zy- what is it? Is it not zy- is it xylitol. Is, I never know how to say those words. It's it's basically just an ingredient used as a sweetener. Um, Got it. It's like in Trident. It's in like a lot of uh, sugar-free gums. Yeah, where a lot of people would have experienced it. Yeah, but I personally think, in my experience, sugar alcohol it made me uh, poopy. Certain sugar mm. alcohols, like malt, mal- there's like maltitol or something like that. That apparently rises your blood sugar levels. And then sobitol, which I think is what I was eating, sorbitol is what I was eating, causes bloating and diarrhea. So it's not great. I mean, it's a good substitute if you need it because you're diabetic or whatever, you have health issues. But I recommend personally to not sugar. fuck with sugar alcohol, but oh. try different, more natural <laughs> sweeteners like monk fruit. Because that doesn't affect Ooh. you the same way, and it's not as like uh, it doesn't feel as like processed and like so. I don't know. It doesn't make you feel shitty, right? In the right. end, when you're literally because you're shitty. like yeah, like literally like oh, I'm bloated and constipated because I, I instead of having actual sugar, I'm you know changing or putting sugar alcohol in instead, and it has the same effect. It makes things sweeter, but. It's actually, I don't think it's, I just don't think it's good. And that's mm-hmm. the myth. Sugar alcohol, yeah. it ain't good. Go with monk fruit. Mm-hmm. Plus a Go great with, yeah. real into monk, I've never heard of monk fruit. This is new. Monk fruit's a natural no. sweetener and I really recommend it. 
I'm real into a trident and it uh like chewing trident all day. I definitely noticed that it that affect the like making you gassy and poopy and stuff like that. Well, but Jack, to be fair, you're not telling people how you eat trident. You unwrap yeah, I eat the every whole, single piece. I eat the yeah. whole thing. And like, once, and you yeah, you always it. say you call it your big league chew, and I'm like, bro, you're yeah. just eating all the trident sticks in a pack, and you're like, yeah, we're yeah, big league chew. Yeah, apparently a lot like other people take the wrapper off and uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with POS. And we're back, uh, and we are thrilled to have with us, uh, coming from Minneapolis, uh, the rapper, former Daily Zeitgeist guest uh, at our Minneapolis live show uh, and at our Minneapolis hotel room record, P.O.S. What's going on, man? What's going on, you guys? It is really good to see you, Zoom with you. Um, yeah, man, it's great to see you. Uh, obviously, been thinking about you a lot in the past couple days uh, and just wanted to kind of have you on and hear, you know, what what things look like from your perspective right now in Minneapolis. Well, I'll I'll say it like this: it's super sad, and it's, I mean, it's crazy. It is a pandemic, and people are rioting, and it's. Yeah. I am, I mean, I am too afraid right. to die to jump into a pandemic and get close with people for the most part. Anyway, I had a kidney transplant a few years back, so I'm not. I'm you know I'm I'm suppressed. I can't I can't right. risk. But I would, sure. I would, I would be out there right now, even in a pandemic, if it wasn't like that. It's scary and it's sad. I woke up and saw the video before I, I even had the crust out of my eyes, and yeah, I've. It's been emotional. That's how it was. Yeah. yeah, it's been emotional for days. I didn't even, re I didn't realize what I was seeing until it was like halfway over, and then I like sat up in bed and just, you know, cried all day, man. This is, this is not even a big city, like. Yeah, I could ride a bike to where it happened in a half hour. You know, mm -hmm. drive there in five minutes. Like, yeah. yeah, you can. I mean, all that. Every city is ex experiencing the same thing to a certain extent because it, whether it's L.A., uh, there are people demonstrating, shutting the 101 down in New mm -hmm. Orleans, ev just everywhere. There are people just everywhere because building. It's been pressured up. Yeah. And every, you know, with every George Zimmerman that gets off and, you know, Eric Garner type death, another sort of pebble is put on the scales of our backs in terms of the emotional trauma we deal with as, as black Americans uh, and have to continually witness the cycle of here's the pattern. We get killed. There are no consequences. That signals to others. We are it's open season. And the frustrations you are seeing spill out into the streets is what, you know, that's, that's, that's what real, that's what pain looks like. That's what feeling powerless looks like. It may look like they're, oh, look how powerful they're setting things down. No, no, no. That is a product of feeling powerless. And that is the only recourse you have to feel heard because the, the words don't work anymore. It's powerlessness. It's hurt. And it's rage, man. It's rage. Yeah. You know, it's rage and it, nothing changes. Nothing I don't know. Every time something like this happens, which is all the fucking time, people <laughs> fight and people want to get something done 
to change something or to make like actual structural changes, but it seems like every city just doubles down. In Minneapolis, they are proposing, not proposing, but they are going for an $8 million budget increase for the Minneapolis Police Department. Um, Similar thing in LA. Yeah, there's, what did you say, Miles? was like $3 billion being sunk into. And it, it feels like the expectation is because there's a pandemic going on that these sort of things can be passed through without anybody really noticing it. But right. Yeah, rather than like the things that matter, which are, you know, like subsidized housing, affordable housing, exactly. how, helping the unhoused. Public. That's really the problem in the city because it's yeah, not just the hiring crime. more people to reinforce the status quo. It's just, yeah. Yeah, and that's... It, it feels like on top of all of that, uh, with Trump, it's so easy to blame everything on trump but in, in in real life like all these people who have had these bullshit agendas for years and years and years all of a sudden not only do they have like an open door with nobody paying attention but they have somebody kind of on top of every system from the state level up who is there like yeah yeah it's floodgates time man do your thing do your thing mm-hmm. just waving all the nonsense through it is really hard and it is really frustrating and yeah, like I said, I would be out there too. What's it like, you know, because you you have a like a son who's twenty. Yeah. Uh, and and he he was out there in a mask. He's out there every night. He's he's my kid, so he's been to protests when he, he was on my shoulders, you know. Mm-hmm. And now he's out there on his own, knowing how to do it and knowing where to be. And I'm scared, man. I'm scared. It's it's a pandemic. You can't be like, hey, I, <laughs> I know you're already. Right. Wearing- but keep that distance too but yeah there's no what what other choice do we have you know know? like we haven't like we're death is on the doorstep either way man and they're not just they're 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 protesting at the precinct and they're protesting at the that officer's house yeah the murderer's house the murderer's house that the they wouldn't deliver food to him last night and they're just yeah yeah, they're chant they're chanting What's his name? George. Like outside the Chauvin or whatever his name is. Yeah. And there's a he he's been involved with four shootings or deaths already. Hey, right. I have no idea how he's still a cop. Right. The thing that yeah, the thing that struck me the most in that video is him leaning on this man's neck with his fucking hands in his pocket and the most yeah. casual look on his face. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Oof. And with the other cops just standing there, too, just, like, casually observing it. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I I read that he had 18 prior complaints against him before this. Yeah. And no one did anything. Yeah, nobody does anything. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. Sorry. It's hard to not just yell and get emotional. No, and I think, and the thing that we have to also keep our eye on is that these these systems are preserved by our legislators and that's why it's so important that we elect people that aren't going to cape for these people. Amy Klobuchar declined to ever prosecute even this officer, this exact officer who killed him, who killed George Floyd. She had the opportunity to prosecute him and multiple police officers for excessive force and did not. And this is because we have this system in place that we have to you know, the police are able to support to, to reinforce our predatory white supremacist capitalist system. And, and that's, yeah, that, like that's what they are there for. That's who they're there to protect is fucking target. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shops a target. 
they got great stuff, whatever. But like, man, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if the Atari go up like that. It's it's more important at this point. Nobody expects reforms. Nobody believes anybody when they say they're going to change it. Everybody just wants the whole thing abolished, strike the whole thing down, start over. You know. Yeah. And of course, we don't get there until this happens on the biggest scale forever. I don't know, man. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's it's hard to articulate anything right now because you can't articulate anything. Yeah. yeah, man, it's hard to feel anything past just rage and hopeless. You know, and this is down the street. Yeah. There's drone shots that look like a fucking war zone, dude. Yeah. 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 Are you pretty much staying home as of right now just because of the quarantining and everything? Yeah, I I have been just in my spot. I think I mean, because because of being uh, sick and, you know, having a compromised immune system and not necessarily knowing what to trust, I started quarantining maybe a week and a half before they said you got to right. start quarantining. And I don't yeah, really plan on waiting until September. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got, so at least there's real treatment for it. There's not only real treatment, but like real believable, factual evidence that people know what the fuck is going on. You know? Yeah. The life, they stopped forcing people to stay inside right as we got the worst of it for us we are at we're, we're seeing our peaks right now right as everybody's yeah. going outside for summer and protesting so like nothing that anybody says about this being safe or things are open means anything to me because i'll die like right I, right people are <laughs> i'm not i'm not guaranteeing i'll die guys but i'm, <laughs> but I'm saying like <laughs> so many people in our general age group aren't as worried as they should be because it came out as like a thing old people get right yeah but that's not the case it's not the case man it's yeah there's not enough known man so yeah i'm camped out and i understand why people want to go protest and i really probably would be doing the same thing but i feel like at this point there's got to be i don't know man where's the old anonymous at (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah exactly. the, what's the next step here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Steph, so much love to you in the city of Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's we're all we're all feeling it, man. And yeah, I appreciate it. We all appreciate it here. Speaking for the city, but it's America, man. It's everywhere. Yeah. You know, it yeah. won't be two weeks before this happens somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And it's I- there's not much to say about it. I don't know. I appreciate you guys you guys checking in and I appreciate you guys for having a funny ass show that also manages to cover all the shit that is important. Thank you for course, taking man. a second. Yeah. Thanks Can't for do it without people time, like man. you, man. Hey. Stay safe. You guys stay safe too. Stay inside. Be really nice. All that stuff. Hey. <laughs> all right. Um, and if you're looking to and if you're feeling powerless from afar, like most of us are um right now there is a great way that you can help out if you have a little bit of money to kick to the minnesota freedom fund um it's a community-based nonprofit that basically helps get protesters um out of jail so um that's well we we can like put it in the footnotes as well but it's minnesotafreedomfund.org uh hit the footnotes and and uh give what you can and yeah, uh, yeah, shout out to like all the listeners who are matching us, uh, like yeah. our donations. Because uh, honestly, man, to, activism is so important. And unfortunately, when you have 
You know, you you see how active, like how police uh, deal with activists of a certain persuasion. Some people can scream their heads off with assault rifles in their hands. Other people come with tears in their eyes, holding signs and are getting tear gassed, uh, hitting with rubber bullets and things like that and arrested. So uh, these donations help, you know, tremendously because a lot of people, unfortunately, because of the way this entire system is is made up, can't even afford to bail themselves out. And so we need to collectively help each other in this sense, too. Yeah, donate to the bail funds if you can, and to your local bail fund because of how COVID has been spreading in prisons. We just need to, you know, get some fucking change going. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And what else is happening in the world of news? Uh, State Representative uh, Andrew Lewis, uh, who's a Republican, uh, turns out had tested positive for COVID on May 20th. And a Democrat, a state representative who's a Democrat, a guy named Brian Sims, was not thrilled with uh, the fact that he didn't tell anybody. He told his GOP colleagues that he had tested Mm -hmm. positive and got them to quarantine, but he didn't tell his... Democratic colleagues who he nope. had exposed to the virus that he, yeah, had exposed them and that yeah. endangers them, it endangers their families. It's it pretty was, wild. This live stream he was on was, he was he was cursing up a storm as you would because a lot of these Democratic state legislators are saying they found out from the fucking news that this guy had tested positive for COVID. Right. They're like, I've been working with this. What the fuck are you telling Wait, how the fuck did we not hear about this? How did everybody on the right side of the building know that this guy was had been had tested positive and were doing what they can, but no one told Democrats? Like, what other mm. purpose is there except for a really fucked up, malicious reason to do that? Yeah. Um, and that was sort of like the tone of his entire like live stream, as well as from a, a many other Democratic lawmakers. But the reason he was saying that he didn't tell people was actually because of his privacy. Uh, What he said was, I can confirm every member or staff member who met the criteria for exposure was immediately contacted and required to self-isolate for 14 days, except for Democrats. Out of respect for my family and those who I may have exposed, I chose to keep my positive case private. Now that I have fully recovered and completed the quarantine as required by the Department of Health, I now feel it's important or appropriate time to share this information with the public and my constituents. What What? the fuck? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) We already know what the dangers are. We already know about being asymptomatic. We already know about the dangers. You go home, you live with other people, you have elderly family members you may have to be taken care of. That is a, f- it's just so dark and despicable. And like, it's turning into like the, a weird thing. We were like, we would, you know, uh, make a joke about it, be like, wait, wait, what's do you see Republicans trying to infect Democrats with COVID? Right. Like, that's mean, kind of the, be- the vibe of this thing. Yeah. Not that not that I'm expecting it to happen, but there should be some kind of fucking consequence for Absolutely. doing that. And because you know it's not like this this rep is like hurting for PTO. It's not a situation like that where he's like, I gotta be at work, you know, because I can't yeah. afford like he can afford to not be at work. He shouldn't be at work. Yeah, there's like no there's just no and and it looks like there's 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 just no consequence in place for that so it just won't happen 
Yeah, I mean, it's I, it's criminally negligent at yeah. the yeah. very least to hide your diagnosis from people who like this. Like the contact tracing is so important, and if right. suddenly someone in your family fell, you're like, how the fuck did that happen? And then you find out, oh, it could have this. It's just so dark, and it absolutely reeks of the lack of like respect for someone's humanity or just ability to live. When you're like, okay, no, 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 don't tell the Democrats that I got COVID, okay? Like, don't that this will be so funny when they find out they're gonna they're gonna lose it, right? So like, what? Not, yeah. Did they think that the Democrats were gonna like weaponize? Like, I I can't even like trace the logic of like what what the cynical I don't, I don't like, chain of there's logic. Reasoning is I think that's that's a bad person who doesn't right. care for human life I'm and thinks him and his people matter than other people, which is the theme of this country. And uh, I expect nothing less from someone who thinks that he can act like that. You have to yeah. tell people. Yeah. You know, it's a white supremacist party that implies a certain amount of, a certain inability to view other people who are different from you as human. So, all right. Uh, and speaking of hiding shit, the Trump administration is set to break another precedent. The Council of Economic Advisors is going to not release for public consumption their economic projections uh, in July or August, even though that is, this is kind of unprecedented, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? You right. do this all the time. You tell us what the projection is. This is the internal economic team. But I think because everyone knows the economy is so bad and Trump is all about like, if you don't talk about it, then it's not happening. Mm. That somehow by suppressing this economic data that people won't notice things are bad because their day-to-day lives, they're not seeing that there's record unemployment. I'm not quite, I mean, I get that it, it prevents a headline of saying like, look at this projection, but either way, people understand that things are not good, that things absolutely are not good with the economy. Mm. Uh, but it's just the same thing, like the, the, the take from the White House is essentially saying like, well, you know, with this whole thing, like a lot of the data is unreliable because the pandemic and like they say, quote, it would be fo- it's foolish to demand such a forecast simply because that is business as usual, protect- particularly when that forecast may mislead the public is what the um, official said. What? Yeah, I don't I, This is just so it's you such know, they- an underreaction to Wait, what? what is <laughs> it's just like. I I don't understand. So they're saying now. Sorry, I, sometimes I'm very slow with this sort of reality. Stuff. It makes them look bad. Okay, so, so they're saying that and that the, would mislead the public. The facts so therefore, would confuse us, is what they're saying. Right? Yeah, basically, it would. Well, it would say no. It, essentially, the the under the subtext is it's gonna look bad, but that's actually not the deal. And then we don't want people to be like, oh, it's gonna be all bad and mislead them into thinking the right. economy's bad because it's actually so good. And that's what? why- But these are things It's literally that- like Titanic just hitting the iceberg <sighs> yeah. of like, don't tell anyone anything's going on. They'll just oh, find out right. when their feet hit the water. Like that. <laughs> string, right. string quartet, uh, play some more Vivaldi. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, bro. yeah. Right. They're fucking, yeah, they're doing- Whatever, nearer my this, God to thee, just hoping no one notices. It's like Chernobyl. Everyone, it's they were like, like Ugh, just don't say anything. No, <laughs> and right. Like, and that's the uh, thing. Like, it's, it, it, the, it's the same thing as like, it's like a fire is in the back part of your house and you're okay. receiving guests. And someone's like, there's a fire. Like, shut the fuck up, man. 
Right. It's not burning in the front of the house. They'll and I don't want right. to I don't want to mislead my guests. But it's like, but the fire will get to you eventually. Yeah. Because there's no unless you are sitting on like a five trillion dollar stimulus package that's just for working people. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't know how you're gonna be like, see what I did, man. I really, really, really helped us out of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. Like I think the more I see from America in action, the more it's like the the Chernobyl thing is exactly right. They're trying to run this like an authoritarian, <laughs> like yeah. com- communist state, but because they're the party that is like the jingoistic, xenophobic, uh, anti-communist, they get away with it. It's all just like it's all just triangulation, and like that right. they can do the thing that the left could never get away with because like the thing that they're known for is just being like small government, even though they spend more money than the average democratic administration. And steal uh, more money than the, they steal more money than the average, average democratic administration. Everyone's like, uh, I can see the black smoke though. (laughs) (laughs) It is time. uh, We are at the weekend. So it's time to figure out what we are going to be rewatching or watching uh, Mm -hmm. this weekend. Uh, I'm going to run through the Netflix top 10. Uh, So there is a Jeffrey Epstein documentary at number one. um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like that's one that I'm going to watch one way or another. Uh, yeah, so, I was like, I'm going yeah. to watch it, but do I want to talk or think about it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll watch uh, it in horror and silence. Yeah. Uncut Gems is number two. Uh, Sweet Magnolias, uh, which was yeah, on the top that? 10 last week, and it seems oh, like Jamie it's still Magnolias <gasps> as a series. She's back 12 um, years Twelve years in on on the bench, baby. She She's was quarreling. She was quarreling way before. No, Jamie Lynn. Okay, I'm interested. Uh, they yeah. say it's a small town in the south in the south called Serenity, and it's a based oh, on shit. Cheryl Woods' novels and follows friends Maddie, Helen, and Dana Sue as they balance their families, friendships, and love lives. That sounds like I think from somebody years needs ago. to watch that because it it is it does have some staying power. Like it was in the top five last week. And uh, is is hanging around. Uh, huh. So sweet magnolias. Uh, we have Avatar at four still. Uh, it was number one last week. Dead to me still hanging in there. Uh, Riverdale history one hundred and one is a new one. Uh, just seems to be a history documentary about big buzzy things like McDonald's and Coke and shit like that. Uh, just go with it, which is apparently an Adam Sandler movie that came but- out in the yeah, summer. I have a qu- I have a question about the Netflix top ten. Has there ever any been any like conspiracy theories about it? Because sometimes you see the Netflix top ten and you're like, oh, I just don't. Unless yeah. I'm like I I feel like sometimes it's a, it's just like what does Netflix feel like telling you everyone is watching and there's no I mean. Who is really to I'm, say? Because they, they're not, so they don't tell you their numbers about really anything. Yeah. Sometimes you're just like, I think they might just be tossing this one for a fun one. I think what yeah. they do is they give a they probably weight it like sixty five percent of the slots have to go to Netflix originals. Like right, look like at there all has to be oh. some algorithm in place. Or because they've just signed a new licensing deal, they want a window 
shop window their new content that you might not have heard of to make sure you're now getting hooked on this new content that they brought on. Either way, yeah. like I'm not, Usually, I've never looked at this and been like, yeah, this is exactly what America's thinking. I think it's like, my, this is a great marketing tool. My theory is like, if something doesn't totally make sense in the top 10 and stuff like just go with it sort of makes sense because Netflix and Adam Sandler are so one in the same. But like, if something doesn't totally make sense, I feel like it will make sense in a year and a half because Netflix has some secret deal to reboot the, something and that's why they're like pushing it on you. But right, right, right. They just go with it universe. I hear they're uh, expanding the just go with it universe yeah. into a multi franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe they just flash just go is with at number it. nine, and then the Lovebirds is at number ten. Uh, that's the Kamal uh, Isare uh, rom com slash adventure. The trailer directed by Michael Showalter. Oh, oh is really? it? The yeah. trailer looked funny to me. Um, I liked it. And but that that's one that came out in the past couple days, uh, and I feel like they would. Uh, cram into the top ten if it if it wasn't earning a spot on the top ten. Right, just they're just like let's new. get our let's get our money's worth and keep it hanging in. Yeah, um, and then you know there's all sorts of other things on streaming, uh, so it doesn't need to be the Netflix top ten. I'm Jamie, down for, are you uh, interested? So many of them. Yeah, are you interested in Sweet Magnolias? If not, I, I'm happy to watch a couple episodes of that. Joanna Garcia, I'll try it. Sure. You want you want to do Sweet Magnolias? Sweet Magnolias or or Come Slut Gems. Either one's good with me. Come Slut Gems. Do you think Sweet Magnolias? Have you seen Uncut Gems? I've seen. Yeah, I already watched it since it came out on Netflix, and I saw oh, okay. it in theaters. Do you guys think Sweet Magnolia is oh, an yeah? extension of the Reba universe? Really? It is. No, I'm, I'm asking because Joanna Garcia played Reba's daughter in Reba, so <gasps> potentially, she remember she Diane. she got married to what's his name, who ends up in Shameless. I forget his name, but uh, then they okay. She had a child, and then there was Rocky. So there is a chance that Sweet Magnolias is after she divorces that idiot and moves to Magnolia Town or whatever this uh, Serenity Serenity. Uh, and that's Serenity the extended now. Reba universe. <laughs> Sweet Magnolias. Okay. I can do Epstein. I can do Avatar. What are you thinking, Miles? I think I'm going to watch um, The Lovebirds. It was good. The I Love liked Birds. it. The Lovebirds. Yeah. Yeah, it does look it good. good. I mean, it's The just, reviews have been pretty good. It's nice to see people of color in a ro- like a romance. Like, it's like that's so exactly what I want to see right of. <laughs> like, it's so, like, at one point, I'm like, damn, like, this is just about people of color like falling in love. This is I truly was like that's so wild. Like you're allowed <laughs> to have brown people fall in love on like right. as the main people like the main people falling in love. It's 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 novel yeah. uh, given the, <laughs> the the tone of most films we see. Uh okay, then I'll watch the Epstein one and have oh. have a good time figuring it out. I already about that. Of things going on this Dude, week. Dude, Jack's gonna yeah, start yeah. his Epstein review off. He goes, "I think it's an attack on postmodernism." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Are you trying to be postmodern, or are you criticizing postmodernism, Epstein? Um, oh my god, yeah. That's I'm I'm actually excited that you're looking because your your mind for the conspiracies and just the unsavory characters in general, I think you're the the, the gears are gonna be a, a moving Um I have a yeah. question. Do you guys know the background of the Epstein doc and like how they were able to make it so quickly? No. I don't. 
Oh, it no. was supposed to be a 30 for 30, right? Oh, is that what it was? And then they were like, moving up to the big leagues. No, I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, I have no <laughs> 30 idea. 30 for 30. It's directed by Lisa Bryant, produced by Joe Berlinger, Radical Media, and crime author James Patterson, who published a book Ooh, about oh. Epstein in 2016. Oh, I didn't oh. know that. Oh, damn. What feels like uh, really produced know. by, what's her name? Gislaine. Gislaine <laughs> Maxwell. Uh, so there, there is a new Epstein book that suggests that Gislaine Maxwell was having an affair with Bill Clinton. Um, I there's do, I do kind of all sorts of I kind of like that theory because there's a part of me that kind of believes that Hillary Clinton is fine with her husband having sex with whoever because it's kind of like well I mean then he's not bothering me like doesn't she have that vibe that, of like honestly oh like a oh, yeah. couple that's been married sixty years but yeah but time? also like is kind <laughs> of like uh, a little progressive in the manner of like honestly like who am I to hold him back you know uh, and you know right. it's, that's progressive well. Repeatedly committing transgressions against his wife. But right. if she's okay with it and they have an open relationship in that sense, because she's yeah. Hillary and I, I don't know what she, she's so weird to me. Like, I never know what, she, I don't know. She's like a weird blob of like intensity and capitalism. And I, I don't know what she's up to that I would believe that she lives in that world of like one percenters who they're like, whatever. Right. You know? oh, for sure. I, uh, I, I can't think of a headline huh. that I care less about than someone's affair with Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, You're just like, we've done okay. this. We've. Yeah, we get it. Like, tell me something fucking like worthwhile. I'm running out yeah. of headspace for Clinton information. It's kind of amazing to me that this is like the best case scenario because he was on so many of those Epstein like planes. Yeah. Like, right. Statutory rape express planes uh, that. The fact that he is having an ongoing affair with like a sexual predator is like the best case scenario because well, otherwise I mean, it would be. Never yeah. forget he said he had an affair with Monica Lewinsky and basically threw her under the bus because uh, he had anxiety. He had anxiety and this new <sighs> book also says that he uh, says that the reason he did it was because she was the only woman in the White House at the time, like literally physically in the White House. And that during the government shutdown. Is her well, biggest crime. Her. Yeah. <laughs> right. What exactly. How dare what you? What are you talking about? Are you out of your mind, Monica? <laughs> being the only woman surrounded oh, by the horniest okay, president? I get it. Sorry. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> she was the oh only one? When you think oh. about it, she owes him an apology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you you no. should have been hotter. Instead, I had to Settle for you because you were the only one in the That's, building. Like, he what is the fuck. It, stop anyway, letting this is the him logic talk. of the people in power, y'all. Um, really briefly, to, uh, before we go, while we're on the subject of movies, there there's new details that suggest that Tom Cruise making a movie in space thing yeah. might actually be real. Like, there's oh. a, actually a director oh. attached. The the director Ooh. of Go. Um. The director of, of Go and Go? Live Die Repeat. Uh, Wait, it was like Go a 90s from nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, what? it was like the most nineties. Yeah, oh. Doug Lyman. He's like directed a bunch of Tom Cruise movies, and he made a uh, Live Die Repeat slash Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Um, wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, or wait, not yeah. Uh, it, so yeah, he. That, <laughs> He apparently wrote the first draft of the script and has been attached all along. But this this makes total sense to me the more I learn about it, that it's just 
Tom Cruise wanting to go to space and right. like the mo- so the most uh, f- for a long time the most expensive shot in the history of movies was the shot at the beginning of Vanilla Sky when Tom Cruise is like driving to work and then realizes the city's totally empty and gets out of his car and runs around Times Square uh, and and it's empty. That was like they had to shut down Times Square to do that. Uh, it was like a $2 million uh, for every 10 second uh, oh. shot. And it was just for a dream sequence. And it was just, uh, it had nothing to do with the plot. And we know how Tom Cruise likes to run around uh, in movies. So like, I feel like he, his movie career is just like a vehicle for him to do things that he thinks are cool. Uh, like sprinting through an empty Times Square or uh, in this case, like this is going to be so unnecessarily expensive. They're right. they're going to have to send an entire like film crew uh, up to space to like shoot him doing these things so that it and will it's gonna look. Ha- it's going to come like, off flawlessly too. I'm going to add. Right. Yeah. Mm. Like as we just saw on Wednesday, uh, it, it's yeah, hard to shoot to people travel. into space. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, firing people into space is but it's hard. Like with NASA and SpaceX, right? You're saying like it's yeah. It's not, so it's partnering. It'll be it'll just be like space force propaganda in the same way Transformers is like. Hey, you really should join the <laughs> Marines, force. don't yeah. you think? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it Megan Fox working hot on this Camaro? <laughs> I hope it's just a remake of Rocket Man with Harlan Williams. Do you guys remember that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in a way, I, I salute Tom Cruise for finding a, a medium in which he can just basically act out whatever he wants to do under the guise <laughs> yeah. of doing a movie, much in the same way yeah. I use podcasting to be like, I'm going to smoke weed and watch reality TV. I would like a gravity yeah. blanket. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a low stakes Tom Cruise who just likes to sit but if. If it costs twenty million dollars for every uh, oh, God. minute of four twenty day fiance that you recorded, uh, oh. that would be it. Does that'd be another thing? It does it, cost. That. Oh, Anna, shit. Anna, I haven't. Sorry. I haven't been looking at the books. <laughs> Don't look at the book. Hey, Anna, cook the books. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, baby. I've got a laundry mat. I'm running now. <laughs> well, Anna, it's been a pleasure having you as always. Thank you. I just want to remind everyone that Tom Cruise does have literal human slaves working to make sure his life goes around uh in scientology just a quick reminder yep. uh yep not a great person just believes he's a great person because everyone is paid mm. around him to tell him no one's ever told them he's not <laughs> yeah because he not. will look everybody on set in the eye and shake their yeah. hand doesn't mean he does not have literally a organization slash cult holding him up just saying that's his all son I think is about. a sick dj though all i think <laughs> about when i see Every tom cruise rich man's son is a sick dj i know that's true when I think of Tom Cruise, I, I literally, all I see is the hole from Scientology. You know, the hole where they send the executives oh, to be like yeah, basically yeah, yeah. like abused. That's all and I they, think like, about. have to fight each hmm. other and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, well, huh, you're built yeah. on that. So I don't, I don't care for this. Fun fact, when I used to work at Laser Tag, I, I did a private Laser Tag birthday for that young Connor Cruise and his sister at the oh, time. No. They bought the whole place out. Of course and Tom Cruise- Looked every staff member in the eye and shook their hand. Jeez. Hi, I'm Tom. Great to meet you. Thanks so much. And I'm like, oh, oh that's dark. Like, sir, just go eat your pizza. 
Like, <laughs> sir, just please put two hands on the laser during the game. Or else Love the to meet the guy who made this pizza. I imagine him at- sprints out the door to Domino's <laughs> to shake the hand of every person who. Yeah. Just imagine him at Chuck E. Cheese shaking the hands of the animatronics for he being there the and playing. <laughs> Chuck. Say your name's Chuck Charles uh, Pasquale. Tom Cruise, great to meet you, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. <laughs> um, awesome. Anna, uh, where can people find you? Follow you? Hey guys, you I'm always said. I'm always here on this show, so you don't have to thank me for being here. I just happened to pull my mic down. <laughs> I'm gonna pull your mic. Thank you for down. pulling your mic down with us. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm at Anna Hosnie on Twitter. Um, Please check out either one of my shows, uh, Ethnically Ambiguous, which is uh, all about being a person of color in America. We're going to be talking a lot about what's going on currently. And we talk actually, you know, our most recent episode called We Are Not Just the Color of Our Skin. I would recommend checking that out because we talk all about how this entire country was built by white people, yet they still have the nerve to ask us to... I, I don't know. There's just a lot to unpack in the way that how white people treat people of color and then act as if they haven't built this entire country to systematically oppress them at the same time. So, uh, yeah, check that out. And then if you would yeah. like to check out something on a lighter note, <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> my podcasts are really all over the place. <laughs> but uh, uh, check out if you look. Maybe you watch Below Deck. Maybe you check out Bravo shows. Maybe you just like reality TV in general. You don't have to watch Below Deck to check out Deckheads. Nope. Me and me and Nick Turner, we have a lot of fun. We do a lot of boat facts, which is just like all over the place where <laughs> Nick tells me a fact about boats or just water or just something in general. Like we recently learned that uh, most cruise ships have morgues in them because people die on boats. I mean, I guess that was kind of a dark one, but, uh, you know. That's very interesting. That's some lighthearted fare. Also, like, you know, a lot of boats... Back in the day, they didn't allow whistling on. You couldn't just casually whistle because whistling is how you communicate certain as, certain things on boats. So, um, oh, right. to do that was uh, frowned upon. Mm. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff going on. And then we just break down the show, and a lot of it is kind of breaking down how uh, rich people treat uh, lower class, or in their eyes, lower class folk, and we have a lot of fun with that, and we talk a lot about our favorite cast members. Uh, Nick falls in love with a new woman on the show every season, uh, and I have to talk him down to remind him he has a girlfriend. So Aww. it's uh, a lot of fun. Um, you love to see it. You love to see Nick fall in love with someone who in the <laughs> end turns out to be very problematic, and it looks real bad on him. <laughs> real it's bad real look. fun. <laughs> it's fun to point it out. Um and Nick Turner also tries to convince me that he is an immigrant because his mom technically immigrated here at seven years old from Jamaica. Uh, so it's a lot of like a fight back and forth between us, but we have a lot of fun. It's all a good nature. We, you know, we're we're trying to get iHeartRadio to, to uh, charter a yacht for us. We'll see how it goes. And the biggest <laughs> part is we record from below below deck that's right podcasters are lower than the staff on a sh super yacht so that's where we are at all times in the build in the we're in the bilge literally uh where they keep all the storage so that's where we are uh so check that out is there a tweet or some other act of social media you've been enjoying young nick at the brat wrote y'all notice them scam likely calls stopped yeah them motherfuckers lost their job too 
<laughs> which I thought was that's interesting. True. Have you noticed yeah. well, that? They're less frequent. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I saw that tweet this morning too, and I was like, that's true. And then like five minutes later, Scamuel likely, right on time. My, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely my, less my like it was every work. day. My yeah. man's an essential employee. Third, Scam likely scam. essential. Central. <laughs> Jamie, it's been a pleasure having you back on. Where can people find you and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? So you can find me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. Uh, I'm gonna shout out my boy Nick Sorelli at Nick Sorelli. Uh all this all the stories on some good news are just like a little boy dressed up like Lord Farquaad ate an entire blueberry pie in, in his treehouse and it made an old man realize that he wanted to fuck his wife again uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to shout yeah. out Disneyland to go uh, hey. one of my favorites when we reopen our maximum capacity will be two oh. uh, <laughs> Miles where can people find you and what is a tweet you've been enjoying Twitter, Instagram, Playstation Network uh, Miles of Grey and also my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Also, check out High and Mighty. I'm on High and Mighty this week with Gabrus uh, talking about movie gadgets and such. Uh, it was a very good time. Uh, raucous good time. Uh, a thing that I like, a tweet that I like. First one is from Clickhole. I haven't laughed at a Clickhole uh, tweet in a long time. It's a photo of a Adam Driver. It says, Adam Driver said what? And the quote is, what can I say, baby? I've got rat fever. Adam Driver, and then on in italics on why he's dragging a sleeping bag full of rats to church with him. I just don't like. What the fuck is that? Uh, and then uh, one more that feels very good because a lot of people seem to have uh, takes on looting and such. At uh, uh, R Tyson eighty two tweets: If you're mad about looting, wait till you find about how capitalism works. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's an onion headline. Man questions if it really necessary for protesters to be black. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yo, the onion does not miss like in the they last do not miss. year and a half on miss. Uh, and then Jay Poe tweeted, whenever you feel alone, remember that there are a lot of people in your life that hate you. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Uh, Miles, what are we going to ride out on today? Oh, new Kruang Bin. Love them. Their mm. vibrations are so dreamy and organic, uh, fair trade, non-GMO, uh, and again, great summer vibes. If the sun's coming out, just put this in your headphones. This new Kruangbin track is called So We Won't Forget, uh, and it's just great. But again, their dreamy guitars and rhythm section is so tight, the bass and guitars, everything is, again, Kruangbin. They basically canvas you. Mm. Um, all right. Well, we're going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.